Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul, one and only so-called fiction, Johnny Perfita. And back with me this week, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell, fresh off of some of the most rednecky hillbilly stuff I've ever heard anybody getting, not only just doing, but looking forward to doing, getting excited about doing. What was going on this weekend that was so important we couldn't do an episode? Well, family tradition has it that uh, my dad and brother and I will meet at the Louisville Farm Machinery Show every year and take my son and go hang out and climb on farm equipment and see stuff that's going on. I've also got a buddy that I went to college with at the company he works for. They always have a booth there at the Farm Machinery Show for uh, for their company, Farm Logic, and they do like uh ground plots and GPS type stuff for, for farms uh, to help you better manage your farm. Uh, and so it's a whole bunch of just completely rednecky stuff. Well, we started doing it several years ago when my son was little, we'd take him and he would climb on all the equipment and stuff and have a big time. And then this year was the first time that we did it with my nephew, who's two. So, so he and my son got to run around together and climb on equipment and, and have fun. It was, it was a blast. We we always enjoy going to the farm machinery show, see all the big tractors, and uh, it, there are some impressive equipment shows there. That uh, and and they have like a big indoor arena where they get like different tractors out and stuff, and like pull stuff and run them around so you can like see what they do. It's it's really really cool, uh, especially for a a complete redneck like me. And this is this is indoors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it'd be definitely fun as a kid to to run around and get to play with all the machinery. It's kind of, It reminds me of like the car show that would, they would do. They would always do it every year at, um, oh, what the fuck is the name of that place? McCormick Place in Chicago. Just this big monstrosity that they built that they could never figure out what to do with. So they'd have car shows there and other like expos and, and stuff like that, but yeah, if you're a car guy, that was the thing to do. And I guess if you're a hillbilly, you go look at some John Deere tractors. It'd also be a great opportunity. I think I would just use it as like an opportunity to explain like, you know, the difference between like production leading an economy versus, you know, spending and how like all of this machinery improves people's, you know, uh, capacity to produce you know, their efficiencies and create, you know, I would make it into like a, a whole educational thing. <laughs> it's really funny. Cause we were, I don't know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about like self-driving cars and stuff. And uh, my, my brother said, well, the tractor drives itself. I just sit in it while it goes back and forth across the field. It's, 
<laughs> See that? I mean, that's like a prime example of technology improving the way things are done. Yeah. Yeah. And increasing your output so that your standard of living can increase and you, you're producing a lot more in a shorter amount of time than you ever could with your hands or a shovel or a hoe or. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, the farm logic thing with the buddy of mine who his uncle owns the company and then he and his cousin kind of run things. Like that's a big thing that they do is a lot of like soil sampling and different metrics on different farms and fields and stuff so that you can better manage what you do with your with your land and and be more efficient and increase your output like there's a for as much as farmers you know kind of get derided as as a bunch of dumb rednecks like there is a lot of tech that goes into it that really makes farming what it is today i i would i would venture to say the average farmer probably has a better understanding of a lot of gps and other uh, metrics, metric driven technologies than probably anybody in any other industry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's more practical knowledge. It's more like applicable to, to daily life. And so like, remember when the, the whole Chaz thing was going on and they tried to put, they tried to make a garden there and like all of these socialist retards couldn't grow a goddamn, it was like the most pathetic looking garden like kindergartners did it and maybe even like less than kindergarten. It was preschool or pre-K or whatever the fuck they call it now, but like they had no idea what they're doing. I know very, very little about just like plants and, and growing the thing. I know how to grow like herbs, maybe a tomato plant, but I mean, the, the, the amount of like specialized knowledge that's required. And anytime I meet somebody that knows that kind of stuff, I'm always like, blown away at their their extent of the knowledge of like oh that's this plant and this has to happen and you got to do this to the soil and aerate it and all this other shit i don't know it it's like a very specialized field where it's like you know like the the whole scott horton thing like people can like rattle off baseball statistics at the fucking drop of a dime but they know nothing about u.s foreign policy like it's so it's the opposite of like libertarianism where we get like bogged down in all these details they're probably thinking the exact same thing of us when we're talking about, you know, like Austrian school of economics or something. But yeah, the uh, speaking of the, the Chaz thing, um, we've had quite a, a tumultuous weekend over in Canada. And now that I think about it, uh, forget these semi trucks that they're using to block the roads. They should be putting all this farm equipment over there, too. That you know, thing's be... got to weigh more, right? See, that's that's an interesting yeah oh yeah farm equipment is massively heavy um that was something that was interesting speaking just kind of tying that back to to the machinery show when i initially asked my brother if we were going to be going this year he said hell no they're requiring uh masks and vaccine uh like proof of vaccination i was like there's no way that's right like unless they just don't want to have an event they're not going to do that like this is the only you know the only people who are showing up to this are the people who are not going to wear a mask and probably haven't gotten vaccinated. Like, are they just trying to completely tank the event? And so I went and I looked it up, and up till like two months before the before the machinery show was supposed to happen, that was a requirement, and then they just dropped it. Uh, like, and I, I think probably because like the like the trucking industry is pretty heavily anti a lot of that stuff and. 
and less so in Canada. Like there has been some to do made of the fact that the the ones who are protesting in Canada are kind of a minority uh, yeah. because there is a really big truckers union in Canada that, you know, Canada is pretty much the uh, put a microscope on like the worst aspects of everything in life, especially where totalitarianism is kind of uh, the norm. So like a lot of these, the Canadian truckers who are protesting are in a, in a minority, but in the U S that's not the case. Like that's, that's kind of, uh, and, and the same for the U S agricultural industry. Like that is not the place to go requiring masks and vaccine passports. Like that, that entire industry is a bunch of people who want nothing to do with that. So, so up till like two months ago, they were requiring that for the farm machinery show. And then they just completely dropped all of that stuff. And uh, they gave the option of pre-registering, but even that wasn't required. Like they, they dropped everything and just took it back to machinery show of like 20 or 2019. Like they, they dropped all the requirements. So it was, that was refreshing to see. And, and once we knew, once we knew that for a fact, then my brother was on board. He was like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Cause he, he's not, he's not on board with any of that shit. He's definitely not going to put a mask on his kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely something to be said for just people not enforcing the edicts that come down from government. You know, it's like they, they go through this like list of people that they can use to enforce whatever they're trying to like make the American people do or the Canadian people do. And, you know, even here in Mexico, like I didn't even actually know this until a couple of weeks ago, but they have like a vax vaccine passport thing that they're trying to do here in PV. It's just like, apparently you're supposed to require a COVID test or a vaccine card to get into bars, restaurants, casinos. I've been going to bars, restaurants, and I haven't been to the casino in a while, but nobody's, nobody's actually doing it. So it's like this, here's this order. You have to do it. Nobody does it. And so it's just like, they just extended it. I saw, but nobody's doing it. So it's just like, what, what's going on here? No restaurant is requiring this. No bar I know is requiring anything. And uh, so I don't know what, you know, it's like with Canada, with the whole Canadian thing, you know, they couldn't get most of like the, t the tow truck drivers to come in and do it. And so they had to get like these like special goons to come in. They're blocking out the name, the name of the tow truck company on the trucks. They're wearing face, masks. everybody's covering their faces. And it's like, dude, if, if everybody would just say no, what are they actually going to do? It reminds me of that scene from Varsity Blues, great movie, where it's like, um, you know, uh, what's his name? The guy from Dawson's Creek, like, refuses to play in the second half. He's like, all right, fine. Tweeter, you take the snaps. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it either. And he just goes down the line. Then he's out of quarterbacks. And the whole team is, like, refusing to fucking play. And so he just has to walk out in shame. Like, these politicians, we could do that to them. You just have to say no and just not do it. What are they going to, but the, the problem is their propaganda machine is so fucking strong that there's always a portion of the population that is willing to do incredible things to people just following orders. I mean, what happened this past weekend in, in, in Ottawa to, to squash these protests? I, I think we've all seen a lot of the, the videos and the pictures that are circling, uh, circulating the Twitter's. Uh, the lady was trampled uh, by by, ho by horses. 
she's like a, some old lady and a rascal gets fucking trampled by by a bunch of horses that they're just using to dispel crowds There's, and all the while the ottawa police like their twitter has been nothing but talking about how they're the ones being attacked they're the ones being provoked like there is literally video evidence showing that it's that is a complete fucking lie like okay if that's the case release the body cam footage Show us what's actually happening then, because every other piece of footage that's out there shows that y'all are the aggressors. Y'all are the ones who are attacking people. Y'all are the ones who are hurting people. And nobody in this protest is doing anything to to provoke you. You are just doing it all on your own. It is, it is really bizarre to see just how blatant they are with it. Like I saw I saw one tweet. It's like, oh, we didn't use like armed policemen armed with like military weapons or whatever they call it, you know. AR-15s these days uh, to dispel it. And then there's like a picture with like guys in full fucking military gear with guns right there. Like thousands of pictures. They're everywhere. And it's just like, you know, it's like you get busted like cheating on your girlfriend or so like she catches you in bed with the other girl and you're just like, no, you're you're hallucinating. You didn't see that. I wasn't. That wasn't me. That was another girl in the bed. And she's like, no, no, I'm looking at you right now. You're both still sitting there and you just keep denying it. It's so fucking bizarre to see it happen. And the fact that the fact that mainstream media, even here in the U.S., is not reporting anything about it, like they're going with the whatever Trudeau's regimen is, is pushing for this and pretending like it's the truck drivers who are the ones who are doing this. And to see all these psychotic leftists just completely turn on their head where, you know, two, two summers ago when we had the, the summer of love or all of the, you know, BLM riots, that those were legitimately violent protests. And then what you get with this, they, the, the most violence that you've seen out of this protest was when the protesters and the counter protesters were set up on either side of a barricade and they had a snowball fight. That's that's the most violence that you've seen out of this protest. I know, dude. It's like it's so fun. They've got bouncy castles and kids playing around. It, it's like a big fucking block party that you'd have, you know, on like the Fourth of July or something. And um, this is literally terrorism. Even though Trudeau was the one that like locked these people in their houses for what, like twenty months or something, and then they go three weeks of closing down this one section of, of road and, and they're terrorists. They don't have any, they're not using any violence, uh, any gun. And they have very specific, one very specific demand. It's not like the, the black lives matter protests, like what did they want and what were they trying to achieve is very muddled, you know, okay, we want to defund the police or we're against police brutality. It's like, okay. Um, even that's just like, what does that mean? And how do you, how do you fix that? This is like, you're trying to force this vaccine mandate, get rid of it. And we'll all just go back to where we came from. It's a very simple thing, but no, no, we can't do that. You can't have bodily autonomy. We have to, um, we have to enact these emergency powers. And somehow defund the police equated to looting and burning down small businesses whereas this is like we're just going to hang out and have a block party until something gets done and and to you know for for what it's worth there have been 
some provinces in Canada that have dropped their mandates, but it's like, that's not coming from Trudeau. That's not coming from the Canadian government. That's coming from specific provincial governments saying, okay, we want to get things back running here. Uh, we had, a, we actually had a truck driver in uh, at work the other day that he said, like everything that's being reported on by the mainstream media here, he said, he said he was there for the first weekend and like set up shop. And then he, he had to get back to work. Like he's a, an American truck driver that went up there to, to protest along, you know, to, to be there alongside them in solidarity with the Canadian truckers. Uh, now he's like, you know, nothing that's being reported on this is even remotely true. Like it's all, everybody's just hanging out and having a good time and holding their ground in protest of this. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't understand if you're going to subscribe to the idea that you have the right to peaceably assemble to protest something like what 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 did they do wrong other than just like have a really big assembly that you couldn't get past i mean like what what else are you supposed to do i mean are you supposed to have an ineffective protest (laughs) you know what i mean it's like well we're we're trying to get our point across without being violent so here we, we blocked off this huge stretch of of land and to hear the um the government we have i have a clip here of the police chief talking about their roads you know they're blocking our roads and we're going to prosecute them to the full extent of the law and everything like that it's another really interesting thing of this whole uh public private domain thing where you don't have you don't really have private property even though it's supposed to be like our streets I'm guessing that's how Canadians view it as well, right? They pay all these taxes and then all this land belongs to the people kind of thing. But the second that you just sit there, unless you're like a homeless person, apparently you can build homeless camps everywhere. And that would be a very interesting experiment if they were blocking the streets with tents and and junkies, how soon that uh, Trudeau would, would be invoking or, or suspending, you know, the Canadian constitution, getting rid of the right to assemble, outlaw protests, start, you know, bringing in men with guns to, you know, move people, take away their kids, freeze their bank accounts, ruin their lives. It's, it's really fucking bizarre to see all this happening. And, you know, they, they he suspended the constitution right under this emergency act which had already been suspended back in 2020 to you know uh start all of the the lockdown stuff which is why they were protesting in the first place it's like this whole thing is all fucked up it's like we're protesting the emergency act that you started this whole thing with and now you're going to do it again to get rid of the protest yeah it's insane the I guess we've talked about the mental gymnastics that they have to go through to to get to these conclusions of, of at least a handful of times. But to suspend the Constitution for something that is like, I don't, I've stopped looking. What are COVID cases even like in Canada anymore? Like at this point, they're just kicking this ball down the field further and further for no more reason than because they fucking can't. That's, that's no matter, it. Yeah. Like either way, they'll find a way to to justify whatever their um, whatever mode they're using to dispel the the COVID thing. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. 
if they're good numbers, it's like, wow, well, they're they're going to move the goalpost to some other metric. And if they're bad, it's like, well, we got to double down on everything. So, you know, either it's a heads I win, tails you lose kind of thing. And people are clearly done with it. Um, even if it is a, a small um, minority of the, the truckers, you know, I keep hearing like 80% of Canadian truckers are still trucking. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, look what a 20% can do. Apparently, like the biggest emergency Canada's ever seen, it would have to be in order to justify what they've been doing to people. To me, just using the you know armed police force and, and military gear, or whatever, or trampling people with horses, that's okay. Back from some technical difficulties. I'm to try to remember what I was talking about. I, was, I must have talked for like a minute before I realized that, that that actually cut out. Let's see, I didn't want to like cut in and say, hey, I lost you, because I figured you were having a good rant, and I didn't want to like break your stride on that probably my best rant my best rants are always when there's no uh recording taking place unfortunately well, you know it gave me an opportunity to to look at some stats since uh since i haven't been looking at that lately I, i've kind of i've really stopped looking at covid stats over the last couple months uh so while i was waiting for you to come back from cutting out i did go back and pull up some covid stats and canada's new daily cases are Currently, as low as they've been since uh, back in early December of last year, before Omicron peaked. So, so we're back to pre-Omicron numbers for COVID cases. Uh, same for deaths. Deaths are uh, seven-day moving average is they're averaging sixty-seven deaths as of yesterday so yeah and like i was saying apparently off air it doesn't matter what the what the metrics are saying their policy was never really about what the metrics were uh, what they were going to be there they would find some some sort of justification to do what they already wanted to do and then when that justification blew up in their face, like uh, cases were down, then they'd switch to hospitalizations or hospitalizations were down, then they'd switch to death. And they just keep fucking jumping from one thing to the next. They're out of excuses now to invoke these emergency powers. Yet here they are again, suspending everything, invoking these emergency powers now because you guys are having bouncy castle parties and you're getting in people's way and you're honking your horns. I mean, it's it's absolutely fucking insane how they keep getting away with this. But, you know, to me, even using like the the police force and, you know, all of these special they call them tools, <laughs> these tools that they use, the, the the most frightening thing is easily to me is the banking issue how they can go after your bank accounts, how they can go after your business, the insurance on your trucks. They can confiscate property with no due process, no justification necessary for anything. You're going to be innocent until proven guilty. Uh, good, good luck. Try, you know, it's like when the IRS comes after you, they, they, they take the money from you. They claim you did something wrong and then you have to prove that you didn't. And it, it's, it is so fucking creepy and dystopian and everything that we've been warning about since the days of the Patriot Act 
what, what was everything that they were going to use to go after these terrorists could be turned on the American people, or in this case, the Canadian people. And oh, they're going to be temporary measures, right? It's just, you know, it's just because, you know, we got these terrorists over here. This is just a temporary thing. It's going to have a, an end date. You know, it's two weeks to flatten the curve. This time it's just temporary to, to put down the protests. Well, were they successful in ending these protests this past weekend? To my knowledge, there are still protests going on. Uh, I know they have been arresting people. I think they had arrested like 47 people, but there were literally hundreds of thousands that were showing up. So like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how successful they've been in actually uh, stopping this. Yeah, I have heard um, conflicting reports. I I, th I think there are still some protesters out there. I'm not sure, but I I did see this one clip of the um, Ottawa police chief talking about how they're going to retroactively go after people that were protesting, even if they left this weekend. So like as soon as the, the cops came in and they cracked down and they kicked people out, if you left then, they're still going to come after you. So I don't know why you would actually stop protesting. You know, if you if you surrender, they're still going to get you. They're still going to fucking try to ruin your life. So you might as well go for broke and, and stay out there and try to win this battle. You know what I mean? So, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the status is now. Um, they're, regardless of whether or not the, the protests have completely ended or not, I, I think I have seen like sort of conflicting reports on that. They are moving to make some of these emergency powers permanent, um, mainly the one of, you know, civil asset for, for, uh, forfeiture, where they just come after, they freeze your assets and they take stuff from your bank accounts and they use your, you know, they, they basically deputize any bank or institution that takes payment in any way, shape or form, the GoFundMes of the world that, you know, uh, uh, Patreon, all that stuff. They're going after those to make that a permanent measure of, of their fight against uh, so-called terrorism. And I mean, I have a, a clip here. We can, we can listen to this. This is Trudeau's deputy, Christia Freeland. <laughs> Interesting last name there. <laughs> but um she, she's talking about how a lot of these emergency powers are going to be made permanent in order to help them combat these types of protests in the future. And they have, you know, they have all of these mechanisms already in place because we've allowed them to take advantage of other prior crises uh, and put these things, all these financial transaction tracking devices that they have the the things that they use for every banking transaction you do um every even the, the crypto stuff that we talked about last week or maybe the week before it, it's already in place we let them put these things in place and and now all they need is the slimmest justification to turn these things in on their own people and make them permanent after afterwards uh, here we go here's the deputy christia freeland in terms of the financial instruments which our government is using 
right now to act against these illegal blockades and illegal occupation. Uh, we reviewed very, very carefully the tools at the disposal of the federal government. Uh, and we used all the tools that we had prior to the invocation of the Emergencies Act. And we determined that we needed some additional tools. Now, some of those tools, uh, we will be putting forward uh, measures to put those tools permanently in place. Uh, the authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms uh, and uh, payment platform and their payment providers. Uh, so that's that is something that we need to do and we will do, and that needs to be in place permanently. Uh, some of these other tools. Uh, like uh, the sharing of information between law enforcement and financial services and the requirement of financial services to be reviewing their accounts proactively and the immunity from prosecution that we have provided to them in doing this. These are extraordinary measures, measures that we absolutely believe are necessary in the current circumstances that are having an impact. And let me also point out having a peaceful impact. Uh, yeah, peaceful. Uh, and the other aspect of the financial tools that I would point to as being really effective and important is uh, being clear that insurance on trucks that participate in these illegal occupations and blockades will be suspended. So we didn't have those tools. I don't believe that those tools should be part of the toolbox of a government in ordinary times, but they are necessary in these extraordinary circumstances and uh, they are having a very uh, clear impact. Speaking of a very clear impact, did were you paying attention when Trudeau had initially said he was gonna start uh, freezing bank accounts? There was a huge run on the banks and a bunch of bank servers like completely shut down because people went and just started pulling all their money out. I did not see that, but yeah, that could be one tool that we use to fight against this. I mean, the, the best thing that we have fighting these bumbling bureaucrats is that it's so easy now for large groups of people to mobilize in some sort of way whether it's using you know getting all your trucks together or you know uh, organizing a run on the banks and things like that but i mean this is <laughs> you know the she said that like the most extreme things that they're doing that have you know it's peaceful to just go into somebody's bank account and take all their money um okay but th those aren't maybe those aren't necessary permanently but to go after the the platforms that they're using the payment platforms that stuff needs to be more perm that stuff needs to be permanent now but you know two weeks ago that would have been considered oh just an extreme measure just for this one little you know very special circumstance it'll only be temporary that passed actually i, I just looked it up uh, lawmakers in the country's House of Commons voted 185 to 151 to affirm um, extension of the federal government's emergency powers on Monday night. Yeah, to clear road, uh, to, to clear protests and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They're our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee. Order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. This is, I don't, I know there's all these people, especially libertarians being like, well, Bitcoin fixes this, crypto fixes this. I don't see it. I don't see how Bitcoin fixes that. Like, even if you have, so like if you're on one of these major exchanges, you know, like Coinbase or something, you're you're fucked. You have no transparency whatsoever. That's like how those idiots got caught with their billion. Like they can just go in there and take them. If you have like one of these um, wallets that's completely independent of everything, it's like, OK, I can send you some Bitcoin. <laughs> then what are you going to do with it? You can't pay your rent with it. You can't pay your truck insurance with it. If you could, the government would then go after those companies for taking the Bitcoin. And, and no, no company is going to be able to operate like that. So the thing that fixes it is going back to since we started the episode talking about rednecks. The thing that fixes it is going back to the old school redneck style of doing things and keeping all your stuff in cash and burying it in cans in your backyard. Where then when it's time that you need money, you go get it. Like uh, I'm I have at least some degree of trust for my bank. I don't use any big national bank. I have a small hometown private bank that I use for everything. Uh, but even to that extent, I don't have a lot of faith that that would withstand if something came down from the federal government, some edict that they had to start freezing bank accounts. Like I, I don't know how much or how long that lasts, especially for a small private bank because they can just shut them down. Uh, so like I, especially with us being in a position where we're about to be moving current, you know, currently in progress this week of doing that and going much more rural, uh, even more so than I am already. Uh, you know, the, there is a, a tickling in the back of my throat to go pull all of my money out and just start burying shit in cans. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is though, if it's in dollars, those cans are going to be pretty worthless soon. I mean, they're, they're destroying at least, you know, I got into like a little thing on Twitter this past week. I like this guy was talking about investing in treasury inflation protected securities. They're called tips, which is just like they track like the CPI rate and it's a way of hedging against that. So it's like whatever the whatever inflation rate they're admitting to is what you're protected against in theory. So it's like they're admitting to six or seven, maybe seven percent inflation right now. But it's actually like fucking twice that. So it's like, OK, you're kind of doing better, but not really. And they're they're going to destroy the, you know, their stated goal was to destroy 2% of the dollar every year. They're clearly way above that. It's no matter what you do, 
there's a choke point where it's like, as soon as you get into, you know, you try to transfer your Bitcoin into like a, a debit card or like something like that, some sort of payment platform, something that you can use with all of these approved vendors, the, all of those vendors are under the same financial fucking regulations from the Patriot Act and all this shit that we let them put in place at, at that point. So they can always get to you somehow at like the point of sale, if you want to think of it like that. And unless you're going to barter with people, which is like, you know, it was like easier to do that like 20 years ago than it is today, because we've, we've allowed the government to put in so much financial regulation, thinking that it was for our own safety, when really they were giving us the rope that we needed to hang ourselves with. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the fact that they can upfront state that they intend to, as you said, destroy 2% of the dollar's value every year. And that's not something that just infuriates people. Like, do people not understand that that doesn't mean that it's 2% this year and, you know, that 2% is doesn't mount up every year. Like, it's 2% every single year. It's not it's yeah. the same. It's not the same 2% forever. Like, <laughs> right. And, and believe me, it's a lot more than 2%. They've, they've rejiggered this whole thing to make it look like it's 2% on paper, but it's in reality, you know, I think it might've been, it's probably Peter Schiff maybe in one of his more recent podcasts was talking about just the, the price of us exports because they don't have any of the hedonics and the weird CPI horseshit that they use to account for, you know, prices going up. So if it's like, you know, the price of beef goes up, you know, they switch from like filet mignon to ground beef to make it look like the price didn't go up at all. With the exports, it's just like, this is how much it costs. And those were up like 15%. And it's just like, that that's the without any of their adjustments and their seasonal shit that they do and their basket of goods and all of these games that they play 15% price increase and they're they're not doing any they they can't do anything to stop that at at this point they really can't unless they really want to crash like these these markets that they've blown bubbles up all around us and the uh the fact that they can come after anybody for anything now. I mean, any, they don't even need a justification. They can just cry out one of these really vaguely defined terms, terrorism. Uh, okay. What does that mean now? You know, it, apparently it, it means like sitting in a truck parked on the street. <laughs> playing yeah, everything is terrorism. Right. Yeah. Terrorism, racism, misogyny. They can come at you for anything confiscate your your private property no due process and then you're left to fend for yourself good luck fighting the government in the government court system to try to get your money back when you you can't use any of your money to actually fight it you can't crowdfund it because you've been labeled a terrorist i, I mean this you can't ha we just cannot have like the only salute like you were saying like there are like really difficult ways you'd have to like everybody had to completely rearrange their lives and go back to a system of like handshake deals, bartering, not using, you know, completely extricating yourself from, you know, the, the banking system that we have now. That's, 
that's not going to be very easy for 320 million people to do. You know, it's it's very fucking difficult to do that, especially if you have like a, a job where you work for a company, you know, like how they can garnish your wages. They, they can get you at any fucking number of ways. We've allowed them way too much power. I'm surprised they even have to invoke so-called emergency powers to do this to people. They really don't. It's, it's just a formality that they go through to sort of make you feel better. It's like, oh, well, this is a really crazy situation. Nobody could have seen this coming. This is like once in a generation. We just need to do this temporarily when really they don't even need to say that. They can just do it and you're fucked. And they've been doing this to people for decades They've been doing this to people, like especially farmers. I remember there was this case, this is like probably 15 years ago now, where like he would go to a farmer's market every week and he would sell whatever he would grow, right? He'd make like, you know, six grand, seven grand, and he would do that every weekend. And this was after the Patriot Act. So the the limit was or the the minimum was like ten thousand dollar financial transactions had to be reported to the IRS. And if you were under that, consistently under that, you know, 5,000 on Saturday, next set, and they're all cash, right? So $5,000 cash deposit, then the $6,000 cash deposit week after week after week. Well, then you're evading the $10,000 limit and that's suspicious activity. And they fucking just confiscated this guy's whole bank account and he couldn't operate his farm. They just took it out from under him. Not what he's supposed to do. I think, you know, at that point, there was like some firm, you know, one of these like freedom firm, whatever they're called, that were going to take his case for him. How long until they can operate? Because they're, you know, helping terrorists maintain their uh, financial security. This is like the most dangerous fucking president. I mean, we've been we've been fucking talking about this ad nauseum as libertarians warning about this crying to anybody that would listen, this is going to go bad and it's only a matter of time. And here it is. Like it's right in front of us now. And everything is that it's what we have is the illusion of private property, the illusion that you own anything. Like if I owned my truck, I shouldn't have to pay taxes on it every year. I already paid taxes on it when I bought it. Like if I own my house, if I own my my property, I shouldn't have to pay taxes on it every year. I paid that when I bought it. Like it's it's this illusion of of ownership. It's an illusion of of property, and it pisses me off to no end because I mean that that's something that I'm very big on is especially having having my own property and having something that I can fall back on, and I'll defend it to the teeth. But uh, you know, that's something that not everybody has the option for either, and so it, like. Like you said, you know, that farmer that was hitting those markets and stuff, like he didn't have the option to just go out guns blazing, you know, like not, not everybody's got the, uh, got the option or the ability to, uh, go with a, you know, build a killdozer and, and take it back to them, you know, and, and that's our, the government does not represent us. It represents itself and its own interest of how it can maintain its power over us and control literally every aspect of our lives. And that's that's the sad reality. And that's what you're seeing with Canada in Canada right now. Like if people are not looking at what's going on in Canada and saying, holy shit, like we're maybe a couple months away from that coming here because they're already talking about the potential of a trucker convoy uh, setting up for the State of the Union address. Like, how far how far out are we before? 
people like me and you are getting our bank accounts frozen. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's a great way of putting it is the illusion of ownership because you really own, and they talk about this whole great reset. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. We already own nothing. And I'm not very fucking happy. No, no. I mean, in about a week, I have to stroke another $4,000 check to the fucking government for the, the privilege of maintaining one of their properties for them. And the, the most fucked up thing about that is I have to do my taxes first to get the money that they've already stolen from me so that I can pay that other tax. I need my fucking, they, they've taken too much money from me. I know they have, I have to prove it to them so that they give me some money back so that I can turn around and pay my property taxes. Fuck you. How about that? Oh, dude. So that speaking of that, that brings up a fun topic that my wife and I watching my wife get red filled over the last six years has been just ridiculously entertaining for me. Um, so tax returns are, are going around and people are filing taxes and, there are a lot of people who are really pissed off about how much or I should probably say how little they're getting back or how much they're owing this year because of all the uh, the child child tax credit stuff. So the U.S. government was uh, the IRS was sending out checks last year to anybody who had kids. So you were getting depending on how many kids you got, you were getting. Uh, 250 up to, uh, I can't remember what the, what the top end number was, but you were getting a check every month as a, basically the way it was explained was it was a prepayment of your child tax credit. So now it's coming around and people are filing their taxes and they're not getting money back or they're even owing because the child tax credit, they were sent more money than they should have been or something like that. Like people are getting pissed off. It's like, um, did you not know that the government doesn't actually give out free money? Like they were going to end up fucking you on this. Like watching, watching people like flip out over it is absolutely hilarious. Cause there was, apparently there was an option to opt out of it, but there was nobody answering the phones to help you do that. And the process to opt out of it was just fucking insane. So nobody was reasonably going to do it. So, you know, like we took our money and we already knew that uh, what the stipulations were. And it's not like I'm going to send them a fucking dime anyway. They can hold it out of next year or whatever. Come hunt me down in the middle of nowhere. But it's been pretty hilarious. The people who, you know, you always have the uh, the tax time millionaires that are riding high on the hog when they get their refund check back. And this year, that refund is not turning up. There is actually uh, we were. Where was it? It was on a, like a local news channel. Saw a uh, an advertisement that talking about do you need to file for bankruptcy? <laughs> they all these all these people that they raised out of poverty by sending out these checks are now <laughs> having to file reason. for bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that moratorium on um, the uh, uh, the fuck am I talking about? Oh, rent and rent and mortgages yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Kicking people out of their houses for that just ended. So get ready for a slew of people that are going to fucking, you know, go into foreclosure. Um, yeah, that that tax return, that's not like free money either from the government. A lot of people don't realize what that is. That's an interest free loan that you gave to the government unwillingly, unknowingly. They took too much money from you. They paid you no interest on it. 
And then you had to fill out hours and hours of paperwork to prove that they need to give it back to you. It's yeah. Fucking, and it's then, highway uh, robbery. And then what was the other? There was another thing that we were, that we were seeing. It was on, along the, uh, the same lines as that where people are. So not only are people filing for, for bankruptcy, uh, shit. Now I lost it. Um, I'll find it again. But yeah, I mean, all of these things are like compiling on top of themselves. Oh, the, so the moratorium ended and then uh, people who had filed for and were claiming all that like extra unemployment, like when they were giving uh, like up to $600 extra oh, yeah. per right. week. Yeah. Uh, like apparently people don't understand that that's still considered taxable income and that you have to pay taxes on that. So like they were filing it and claiming this unemployment without the taxes being held out of it. And so now on the tail end, you have to claim all of that or you have to like claim all of that unemployment that you collected. And now they're owing like thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes on the unemployment and like, all of these all of these uh measures to to assist people are literally bankrupting people and and like these are the people who needed the help the most and the way the whole thing was set up is is just fucking them all on the tail end not that like we knew that like even my wife knew that like we we understood how the game is set up to be played but like the average dumbass just has no idea and now they're getting fucked hard on the tail end of this and uh, like it's it's both horrible and hilarious all at the same time. And well, and it's it's what we've been trying to warn them about. The reason they needed the help in the first place was because because of the government. Then the government says, "Hey, let me help you out." And just like I was talking about before, they give you the rope to hang yourself. They give you a little more. Here, here, here. Take some more. Take some more. Take some more. And every time you get in bed with the government, you get fucked. Every time that they say they're out to help you, they make it worse. There's there's no instance that anybody can prove to where the government made somebody's life better by any measure. Look at healthcare. Look at education. Look at the biggest things that they promote. They're all unmitigated disasters. And they're all more expensive than they were before unaffordable. What's every millennial and younger complaining about now? Student loan debt. When are you going to cancel all this student loan debt? Oh, you mean all that debt that they made possible for you to go into, to go fucking get a worthless college degree? Theology and then how, and and then how expensive shit. houses are. Like they can't, millennials can't afford to buy a house because no. number one, because of all their student loan debt. And number two, because of how high the the housing market is right who, because who of the artificially low interest rates and it's like when they say they're going to make something more affordable they really just mean that they're going to allow you to go further into debt to afford it and you're going to wake up one day you're going to be up to your eyeballs in debt and the government's not going to be there to help you out because who's funding the government by the way it's us it's all funded by the people. When the people are broke, the government's fucking broke. And sadly enough, like the average idiot just doesn't realize that that's the case. I, I, I don't, yeah. They don't, they don't listen to us enough is the problem. No. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to call them idiots because they've just, I, I feel, I feel legitimately bad for them. They, they just haven't been woken up to, to what's been going on. And, this is a great opportunity to wake up, but you have to be 
you have to look, <laughs> you have to be able to see it for what it is. You can't be following the Ottawa police and be like, well, they didn't use guns. And well, you know, they, they just had these emergency powers for a couple of weeks because of these terror. Like, no, no, no. You have to see through the bullshit. You have to, you have to realize that they are lying to your face. And there is a, a volume of evidence. I've never seen such like irrefutable evidence that just flies in the face of everything that's coming out. And this isn't the, the only example. It's, it's all over the place. I don't know what Biden's going to talk about here. Is he on now? It was at two o'clock Eastern time. He's supposed to address us about the, the Russian situation. Um, Can we not go into that? Yeah, we don't have time. We don't have time today. Maybe in the next episode. But suffice it to say, as you pointed out earlier, the, the government is not here to represent you. That's what they tell you to get you, you know, to get your vote, to get your support while they fuck you from behind. And now they're just fucking you directly to your face. Because yeah, we're not even, I mean, they don't even have the courtesy to do it from behind anymore. It's, it's true. Well, well, they don't have to anymore because while, you know, while we had our backs turned, they were able to implement every piece of the puzzle that they needed to be like, no, nope, sorry, we're just going to take your bank account now. No, nope, sorry, we're just going to go after that payment platform that you're on. Now we're just going to cancel this. We're going to cancel that. We're going to get you here. We're going to get you there. They don't need to do it behind your back anymore because while we had our backs turned, we allowed them to put in everything in place that they needed to, to just destroy society as we know it. Yeah. And now we get to uh, suffer the consequences of all of that. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe there's a way out of this. I'm the one thing I do have faith in is the, uh, you know, necessity being the mother of invention and uh, people's creative aspects taking over to find ways around this, but it's, it's all going to be like black market driven there. There's no way that you can have a, uh, you can function in this type of society where the government can just destroy, like not only destroy you, but just like pick any reason, <laughs> any ridiculous, like pretty soon a microaggression is going to be terrorism and grounds for seizing your bank account. Well, I think I've got an idea what the solution is, but most people probably don't like it. But once we get all settled in, I've got an extra house for you and the handful of people who want to come work on my little That's right. home yeah, farm. You got to start taking deposits like they do for those like end of the world bunkers from billionaires. <laughs> <sighs> yep. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'm just crazy. Cool, man. Well, uh, I guess we can get out of here on that. I don't have much much else to go into other than that the uh, the CDC is trying to hide a bunch of vaccine data from us. Wonder why? There's, there's too much on that though. We that that almost needs its yeah. own episode. Yeah, we got we got enough for an episode later this week. I don't know if we're gonna have time. You're moving. I don't want to interrupt. I know how bad how big of a pain in the ass moving is. I've got uh, Johnny the Jew coming in town. Maybe I'll do an episode of them, a blast from the past. <laughs> Hell yeah. The last time y'all did one together was pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, he's coming in for a visit. He gets in tomorrow, but and he's going to, he's going to be in Sayulita for a while. So I might try to meet him up there. And then he's going to come back to, to BB for a few days. And we're going to be hitting it pretty hard. So I'm excited about that. But uh, until the next episode, whenever that may be, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. 
join our private Facebook group, become a supporting listener of the show. If you want to get in on the Friday night happy hours, which we had one this past Friday, that, uh, that was an interesting one. Some people were in uh, very rare form. I think Justin might've signed off before things got, got very, very interesting, but uh, say, I'm, I'm, I am kind of sad that I went to bed early. Cause you know, we were, we were getting up early the next morning to head to the farm machinery show. So, so I needed to get some sleep and apparently I missed out on a, a hell of a good time. Yeah. Suffice it to say some people were a little overserved, but it was all fun, all fun. And what happens at the Friday night, uh, Jitsi happy hours stays there. So <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get in on that, you just go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, set up a monthly recurring donation for any denominator, as little as a dollar a month, we'll get you in. And uh, every other Friday, we will throw throw them back until you uh, until I have to mute your mic. <laughs> until then, guys, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.